we are we have been for the last uh four i believe four sharings been dealing with the greater works and i had thought i would move on from there but i guess uh, sometimes i i i think i'm going to do something and i sit down before the lord and i just get faced with it with the Lord. And, and I, I was sharing with Brother Dale uh, yesterday. I was out in the garage getting some equipment together for work. And that came off the page at me out of John 14. Now, our text tonight, a lot of it's going to be in Colossians 1, but in John 14, Jesus told them that the works I do, you shall do also. And the works he was doing was was healing the sick, raising the dead, uh, cleansing lepers, opening blind eyes. See, see, these things shouldn't be a once in a while occurrence. They 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 should be. We should be in agreement with the Lord's word, and this should be a normal, really a normal Christian life. You know, I, I, I have been studying in my heart anyway of, of you, you know, what the Scripture really says about sickness and disease in, in relationship to the body of Christ. I've been studying in my heart. I haven't, I haven't done a full, what you say, scriptural study, but it's been before me, and I've been considering it inside. And I, I shared... A little bit Sunday evening, we had uh, just a wonderful prayer service with with folks in the fellowship, and the Lord rose up in me in a, in such a unique way in my heart, and it was what was coming before me was Thy will be done, and and a lot of times I you know we pray Thy will be done, maybe even in doubt, maybe we use that that saying as well Your will be done. This was unique because, because what was set before me was kind of, what is your will, God? What is your will for your people that are suffering, whether it's uh, Henry or other members in our fellowship? Just being honest with you, that was what was before me. What is your will, Lord? Because, because we're the Lord's body. That's, that's what we are. We are the body of Christ. We're the Lord's body. So the Lord inhabits his people. And because he inhabits his people, his works should be manifest in his people. There shouldn't be a doubt in anyone's heart that God manifests his power through his people. His power to heal, his power to deliver, his power to cleanse, his, his dynamous, dynamic power. And as I was looking at this a few years ago, or a year or two ago, in this greater works than these shall you do, this, this thing just came at me. The works I do shall you do, but greater works than these. And I, and I saw that in John 5, as the Father worketh, even so the Son worketh, and he shall show him greater works than these. And, and it goes directly into, as the Father raiseth the dead and quickeneth, even so the Son quickeneth, makes alive, 
whom he will. And that just blew up in me that that is the great, greater work. And as we've got, gotten into this study, and I'm looking at all Paul's epistles, Paul is talking about the work of God all the way through his epistles. It's all the way through there. And, you know, you, you read things sometimes, and you don't see what's obvious. You just read over it. And, and all at once I begin to see over and over, Paul's talking about this mighty working, this work that's toward the church in Ephesians 1, that it's a working of God that's toward the church, and that working of God that's toward the church is the work of God that was done in Christ. And that's what I'm calling the greater work, and that's what we should live out of. That's what our lives should be out of is this work of God that was in Christ. And if we begin to comprehend this work of God in Christ, we will live out of it. And so in Colossians chapter 1, I'm reading out of, I believe I've copied the American Standard Version, but it says, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and fill up on my part that which is lacking of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake. That's verse 24, 124. Which is the church whereof I was made a minister according to the dispensation of God which was given to me to you were. And look at this, this statement. He's filling up on his part, lacking of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. And he says, that's what I was made a minister for. That's his purpose of ministering. It's according to the dispensation of God, which was given to me to your, to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery which have been hid from ages and generations, but now hath it been manifested to his saints, to whom God was pleased to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we proclaim, admonishing every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ. Whereunto I labor, this caught my attention, whereunto I labor, Paul said, this is where I work, striving according to what? His work, his working, which worketh in me mightily. So the labor that Paul was in for the body of Christ was according to the working of God that was going on in Paul. So it was, it, it, was, it was kind of the, you know, not kind of, it was what Jesus said, my father works and I work. And this is what Paul is, is really saying, I'm laboring according to the working of God that's going on in me to present every man perfect in the work of Christ, that all would see, that all would come to hear, and all would come to know 
And this was, this was the Apostle Paul's heart, that everyone would come to the riches of the glory of the mystery that had been hid from ages and generations, but now's made manifest. So, so the heartbeat of Paul was this mystery that's being manifest. Every heart would see it. And this is the working of God going in him. This is not just the heartbeat of Paul. This is God's heartbeat that the church would see what God has done in Christ. So as we look at these things, we need to get a hold of purpose. What God purposed is what needs to be broadcasted throughout the airwaves. It needs to be declared boldly by those that are his. That you, you, could you just for a moment, and I'm going to move on to another scripture, but for a moment, the body of Christ to be told that God wants to present you perfect. Not over in glory land, not over in the promised land, but now in Christ Jesus, you that were far away are made nigh, are made members of one body where God hath done a perfect work. That's what God wants us to declare, is a perfect, complete, full whole work that was done in the Lord Jesus Christ. That has no lack. It has, it has no, you know, uh, insufficiency. It's complete. It's finished. And we have to comprehend it. We have to get a hold of it. In order for us to get a hold of it, we have to see that the work's even here. And see, this is, this is kind of the issue in the church is most believers or many believers, they don't even see the work's been done. You know, they're looking for God to do another work. You know, someday God's going to do another work. And, and, and they read over. Just like I was talking about, I've read over many times this mighty working of God that Paul wrote throughout his epistles, but, but the Spirit of the Lord has grabbed my heart to see those and see them in connection to what Jesus said of a greater work. And so they read over the Apostle Paul writing, you're complete in him. And so Christians are looking for completion outside of Jesus Christ. Now, they're looking for completion by Jesus Christ, but they're not looking for completion in Jesus Christ. That's, there's a difference in by and in. And it's, and it's understanding this whole in business, that the mystery that was hid is now made manifest. Well, in John 16, Jesus tells us how it's going to be made manifest. In John 16, verse 12, 
he he says I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Now, I love this. I've got a lot to say, but you can't get a hold of it right now. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he shall guide you into all the truth. All the truth. He's not leaving anything out here. For he shall not speak from himself, but what things soever he shall hear, these shall he speak, and he shall declare unto you the things that are to come. I want you to mark that in your heart. The next verse, here's what's coming. Here's the things that are to come. He shall glorify me, Christ in you, the hope of glory. For, here's how he's going to glorify me, for he's going to take of mine. He's going to take what I've done, and he's going to declare it or show it unto you. So how's he going to take what is Christ. <laughs> He's going to take it because what's Christ is now in the Spirit. All things, verse 15, all things whatsoever the Father hath are mine, therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall declare it unto you. So when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he's going to guide you on all truth, because what Jesus did is now in the Spirit. He shall take of mine. He shall take of that which originated out of me. That's what he's talking about. That work that originated out of me, and he's going to show it to you. He's going to declare it. He's going to make it known that through you it's manifested and declared in the earth. So everything that Jesus did is now in the Spirit. And by the Spirit, everything that he did is made known. You, you know, that's, that's the way it works. God birthed it. You, you can look at the work of God as Father. He birthed it. As Son, He completed it. And as Spirit, He reveals it. That's what He does. He takes what He did, and He shows it. And He doesn't just show it outwardly. He's showing it in you. That's why Jesus said, you cannot bear it until the Spirit comes because the Spirit is going to show it in your heart. It goes all the way back to the book of Psalms when God declared that He desired truth. We're at in the heart, in the center of man, in the depths of man. He desired the truth. And how he was going to accomplish it was through the Lord Jesus Christ. 
and he was going to reveal it by his spirit. And that's what we're dealing with, is the revealing of Christ by the Spirit of God. And the reason Christ is being revealed by the Spirit of God, that's where Christ is. He is in the Spirit. He is the Spirit. So so God's work that was done in the man, Jesus Christ, is in the Spirit. How how do we take... uh, how do we partake of His blood, for example? By the Spirit. We, take, we partake of His death by the Spirit. We partake of His burial by the Spirit. Because everything Jesus did is in the Spirit. That's why He said He's going to take that of me and he's going to show it. He says, all things of the Father. So all the work God did in Christ, all things of the Father, are mine. Everything of God are mine. All the works, all the nature, all that God is, Jesus is saying, belongs to me. And the Holy Spirit's going to show you all of it. He's going to take it. And he's going to show it. Now, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, Hebrews 1 says, God having of old time, Hebrews 1, verse 1, God having of old time spoken unto the fathers in the prophets, by divers portions and divers manners, half at the end of those days spoken unto us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, worlds, who being the effulgence of his glory and the very image of his substance, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had made purification of sin, sat down, on the right hand of the majesty on high. So God spoke by the prophets. God spoke by the flood. God spoke through all through Noah. God spoke through Israel. God spoke through Canaan. God spoke through the kingships, the King David, King Every everything there was God speaking. It was God's voice. And he was declaring what was to come. But at the end of those days, he spoke in his son. Now, he literally did that first. Let me let me deal with that literally for a second. At the conclusion of that time, Jesus showed up on the scene. And that's what Paul writes into the book of Galatians, that when the fullness of the time was come, Christ was made under the law to redeem us who were under the law. So so when the time was at its fulfillment, he came born of a woman made under the law to redeem all those that were under the law, and he spoke. So that time was ending in his speaking. And this is in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 18, God's going to raise up a prophet, and him you shall be required to hear. 
and those that don't hear that prophet will have to account for it. So God was speaking in Christ literally, and that's the first part of this scripture is to see him literally speaking in Christ. But spiritually, that's how he speaks. To hear God speak, now, now I'm not telling you he can't speak to you in an audible voice, God's God. I'm not telling you he can't say, hey, go over to, to this place or, or pray for this person. He absolutely can do that, but his speaking is in Son. So when we hear the revealing of the Son, when we hear the declaration of the Son by the Spirit, remember what we read in John uh, 16, he shall declare me, he shall show me. That's God speaking in Son. That's what happened to the Apostle John. God spoke in Christ, and John heard a voice, and he turned to see the voice. So literally, I, I, I just said this, Jesus came on the scene, and God spoke. But God speaks in Son in you, and I want to capture what I wrote earlier. That is how you bear what the Spirit speaks. That's how you bear it. Because God speaks in Son in you, He declares, shows the Son through the living Word in you. The Son is God's living Word. You see what is said. The Son is God speaking. He's God's word. He is God's thought. He is God's mind. He is God's essence, glory, person, nature. Everything God is is in Christ. Everything. So, so you know, and that's, that's what's so powerful in John 1. In the beginning was the word. It goes right in line with Genesis 1. In the beginning, God. In the beginning was the Word, the logos, the thought, the mind. That word logos means the thought, the mind, the intention. Everything God conceived. Everything that was in his heart that he had conceived toward creation was in the beginning with God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was who God is. The, the same, John writes, and for years, I'd read that the same was in the beginning of God, but, but recently it just took on a new meaning. That same thought that we're talking about today was in the beginning with God. God never changed that thought in all of his speaking throughout history that, that man knows. You know, God's outside of, of time. I hear one brother talk about that, God being outside of time, but he affects all time. That same thought that we're talking about today, being caught up in the Christ, was in God's heart and mind in the beginning the same. He never changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We like to quote that scripture, but the, the same intention, the same work, the same mind, the same purpose was all weighed down through history. And that's why you can see Christ throughout 
your Bible because that word that was being declared through the prophets, just like Hebrews 1 said, was speaking of the same thing. It was declaring Him. It was declaring Him. And when we go back there and we see that, because here in Christ, God was going to get a place for His fullness. Hallelujah. And include all of His creation in what He's done. But it's only in Christ. And it's only when you see the intention from the beginning was in Christ Jesus, that, that he, he had the, chose us in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world. And that's what we see, and we see the person of God's intention. And the beauty of this thing is we're included in the person. We're not singularly the person. He's the person but we're in union with everything that's in the person of Jesus Christ. Everything. We're in union to it. So, so when you read that in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory, I, I mean, it's not just knowing Christ is in you. It's all he did in his glory. Everything God did in His glory is in you. All of it. So Christ in you, the hope of glory. So we are in the person of Christ. Now, Philippians chapter 3 says, How be it? What things were gained to me, verse 7, these have I counted loss for Christ. Yea, verily, and I count all things loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but refuge, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, even that which is of the law, but that which is through the faith in Christ, the righteousness that is from God by faith, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not that I've already obtained or am already made perfect, but I press on. If so be that I may lay hold of that for which I was laid hold on by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have laid hold, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and stretching forward to the things which are before, I press on toward the goal unto the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us, therefore, as many as are perfect, be thus minded, and in anything you are otherwise minded, this also God will reveal unto you. And wherefore you have attained by that same rule, let us walk. And I highlighted this earlier, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. 
think of this with Christ in you, the hope of glory. I might know him and the power of his resurrection. The reality of his resurrection is in you. The reality of what he did at the cross is in you. So I might know him this way, being made conformable to his death. So I need to be made conformable. The working of his death needs to be worked in me. It needs to be in me. Why? Why why does it need to be in me? Because his death struck a blow to death. He died the death of the cross, and he died to death. So death no longer has any sting. The grave no longer has any victory because Jesus struck the blow to death. And we are made alive in him. So our life is not according to the old man. And see, this is where where our issues at so often is that our life is according to the old man. We think our life is according to the old man, and it's not. Our life is according to Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's what our life's according to, is according to him. And see, he struck the blow to everything that was in the old man. And that's why the Apostle Paul says, being made conformable to his death. Because his death took care of it. He that's dead is free from sin. Know you not that you become dead to the law? Know you not the old man is dead? And so if I'm made conformable to his death, I can attain... Paul writes the resurrection, and the resurrection's not an event. The resurrection's the person, the life, the glory, the nature. Because Jesus was is not the nature of Adam. He's not the mind of Adam. He's not the earth man. He's the heavenly Christ Jesus. And so the earth man has no hold on him, and that's what's so powerful in what Paul's saying, the blow was struck to that old man. Glory to God, that I might win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness which is of the law, but that which is through Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's what we have. Just one more scripture, and, I, I, and, I, and I'm going to try to open things up. I'm going to ask you all to open it up because I, I wound up with computer problems again tonight as a sharing. But it, in Isaiah, it says, before it spring forth, I declare it. I tell them of you. Tell them to the you. And I was looking at that scripture, and that's a common scripture. And he's speaking of... Of course, right up above that, that he, let's see where I should start. Uh, Jehovah, I, Jehovah, have called thee in righteousness and will hold thy hand and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people a light for the Gentiles. And so he's saying, before this springs forth, 
I declare it. Before I give Christ, I declare it. And, and, and what's so powerful here is, is everything he's saying when he's talking about throughout the book of Isaiah especially, the rivers, uh, the, the desert blossoming as a rose, the, the dry places uh, becoming a, a pool of water, the, the trees of righteousness. You go on and on in the book of Isaiah. That's what he's declaring. He's declaring it before it's done in Christ that, that this life in Christ Jesus is going to affect the earth. And it's going to produce life. And it's going to produce glory. And it's going to produce substance. Man, we are in such a phenomenal place today. I know, I know people look around and say, oh, everything's horrible. And I go, no, it's really not. Because we are in Christ Jesus, the Lord. And that's a phenomenal place. That's a glorious place that we've come to. And I'm, I'm going to stop right here, and I'm going to say one more thing to you. And this 